So a little bit of wisdom goes a long way. In this series, we are, we're talking about wisdom, and the reason is because we need it. Uh, I need wisdom, you need wisdom, Ed needs wisdom. It, it's something that we really, that, that's an important thing in our life. And we have a, a very simple definition of the word wisdom, and this is what it is, skilled living. Now, of course, we're talking about God's wisdom, wisdom from God. That's very important to, to note. And we've been using the book of Proverbs in the Bible to talk about wisdom these last few weeks. Actually, we even find our theme scripture in Proverbs, and it's in Proverbs 4, 7, and here it is. Wisdom is supreme, so get wisdom. That's about as simple as it gets, about as direct and straightforward as you can be. Wisdom is supreme. It's the top. It's the most important. It's, you know, it is, it is on the very, very highest level, so you should get it. And the great thing is, if it's in the Bible and, and God put it in there and we say, and we see wisdom is supreme, so get wisdom, that must mean that we can get wisdom. And I like that because I need to know what I'm, what I'm capable of and God has wisdom for me, so I'm, I'm super happy about that. Now, last <laughs> week, we, we talked about wisdom or the wisdom of showing honor to people. And how it, is a, how it affects and is a blessing to their life, how it, it affects and is a blessing to our lives when we show honor to, to other people. It, it, it's an, it improves our lives. This week, we're going to take a, a look at one of the major results of living with wisdom, of actually getting wisdom. And that's one, one big result is character development, good character Good character is produced by skilled living, by living wisely. So we're, we're going to kick it off here with some thoughts on character. All right. First off, character is the attitudes, actions, and thoughts that make up who we are, who you are as a whole person, attitudes, actions, and thoughts. Now, the outward attributes of this, the actions and attitudes that are visible are important because a person's outward behaviors are connected to the condition of their heart. So whatever I'm really like on the inside, that's what's coming out, right? That's what my attitudes and actions look like because it's connected to the heart. And so that's where God focuses. God focuses on our heart, knowing if we'll let him work on our heart and cooperate with him, there'll be growth and development of our character. So look at this scripture from Proverbs 17:3. Fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but the Lord tests the heart. The Lord wants to touch us in our heart. He wants to show us things in our heart that he wants to improve and make better. And so he is looking at the heart, and the heart is the source of where our character comes from. So God wants to influence those things. He wants to influence our attitudes, our actions, and our thoughts all for the better. Now, in trying to assess character, here's what we want to say, that character is gauged or assessed or evaluated by general tendencies instead of a few isolated actions. So we're saying a person in general has a strong and maturing character, or in general, they're still young and new at this, and so their character isn't real strong yet, okay? And so it's gauged by general tendencies. Now, Jesus talked about this uh, principle when he was talking to the people about who they listened to, because there were lots of false teachers running around in the time of Jesus, and people were hearing crazy stuff. And so Jesus is wanting them to understand the general tendency of the false prophets and how we can see that that's how a character is, is described with the general tendencies. Look what Jesus said in Matthew 7. 
He said, you can spot them, those false teachers, by their actions, for the fruits of their character will be obvious. The fruits of our character are obvious. You won't find sweet grapes hanging on a thorn bush, and you'll never pick good fruit from a tumbleweed. And so our character starts on the inside. It's assessed in a general sense where in general growing and maturing and getting stronger in character are not there yet working to, to mature there. And so God wants to work there. He wants to influence our character and also people affect our character. So if you want to, let, let's look at Proverbs thirteen twenty. If you want to grow in wisdom, spend time with the wise. All right, so stick with me. The opposite is also true. Bad company corrupts good character, 1 Corinthians. Folks, character and living wisely, skilled living, they kind of, they go hand in hand. And you are going to be able to relate to this, so, so hang on. Here we go. Um, who do you hang out with? Who do you hang out with? Who do you spend time with? Um, uh, you've heard this saying probably before, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And I mean, I didn't come up with that, but it was really smart. Whoever said that? And it's true. Hands down, it's true. I've seen it over and over and over again. Uh, for those of you in here that have children or, you, or well, you've been a child at some point, mom and dad are usually concerned with who their kids hang out with. And it may not necessarily be because they think their kid is a bad child and is, is going to go bad ways, but whoever they're hanging out with, they know it's going to be, they're going to have influence on them. They're going to become or begin to become like those people. I know my mom did it to me. You know, well, mom, why can't I? Well, basically, because that's a bad person. I don't want you hanging around them. Uh, and so this is absolutely true. If you hang around with wise people, people that are living with skilled wisdom, guess what? It's going to rub off on you, and you're going to begin to go and become a wise person just because that's who you're around. The opposite is true. If you hang out with the foolish, you're going to become a, oh, yeah, you'll become a fool just like they are. Have you ever, have you noticed this happen? Have you seen it happen in your own life? You start hanging around with some wise people, some people of solid integrity, good character, quality character, it starts to affect you, and you kind of start to make better choices, and you start to kind of, you feel your, um, it, you feel that who you are be, begins to improve because of the people you're hanging around. Well, um, the opposite is also true. Have you ever started hanging around some idiots, and then you yourself became an idiot? It's true. You, you, if you do it, it you, you can bank on it. It's going to happen. Your choices are going to start spiraling downward. The, the direction you go in life is going to start going backwards because of who you're hanging around. Character and, and, just, and, and who we're around, those things just, and, and character and wisdom, I'm sorry, go hand in hand. Now, we know this to be true. You've experienced it. We've probably both been on both sides of this coin and when you find yourself doing the, the, you're hanging around solid people, wise people, people that are following Jesus, and that starts making your life better, there seems to be somehow, some way, this little piece of us a lot of times that still wants to hang around with the idiot from time to time. 
somehow there's kind of there's a, a draw there, and that's where wisdom comes in. Wisdom says, "Okay, hold on. You're going to be a whole lot like the people you hang around with. So, do you want to go back to the way you used to be? Do you want to go back to all of that, or do you want to continue to move forward and hang around and be around people that are wise? The troubled person. Oh, let me say it this way." If, you, if you're not quite hang with me yet, you know, the, the girl always seems to somehow, for some reason, look for the bad guy, you know? She knows he's going to mistreat her. She knows he, you know, does things that are, but for some reason, well, that's where wisdom would step in and say, nope. The, a troubled person, someone that just has a lot of difficulty in their lives, and they get healthy, but then they're drawn back to the group of idiots. Um, sometimes wisdom says, Hey, all of you foolish people, not y'all, but the people that you know that are foolish, um, I'll see you later. I'm out. I'm not coming back. We're not friends anymore because I'm, I'm moving forward in life. Uh, skilled living can help this with this. Wisdom helps with this. So let's look at some practical examples, examples of adding this uh, skilled living, the, the, the character development, solid, good character to our lives and, and um, Daily lives, specifically, we're going to talk about right here. The first one is this. Be reliable in small things. Be reliable in small things. This is, this is about building character, and this is a very wise thing to do. Uh, we, get, we have a, the, the famous lady, Mother Teresa. She said this, be faithful in small things because it is in them that your strength lies. Then the, Proverbs 25 in the Bible Reliable friends who do what they say are like cool drinks in sweltering heat. Both of these statements are absolutely true. Um, who, who do you, who, who do you go to when you really need something that, like, this has to be done, this, I, I have this, this is important, who do you go to to help make sure that happens? It's the person that's been reliable. The person that you know that's been reliable day in and day out, day in and out, day in and day out, there we go, day in and day out in your life, you're going to go to that person. Uh, I guarantee you that um, you, you will stay away from the person that has failed you time and again that you can't count on. You're going to, mm, well, be reliable in small things. In small things, what, what employee or coworker do you look to and appreciate the most? Which one? The one that is reliable in small things. The one that you can count on to take care of business day to day. The one that gets things done even if they're small. The one that's who you, that, that's who you are so thankful for. It's because they're reliable. Uh, you find out really who is reliable by looking at how they handle small things. Be reliable in small things. Everybody wants to be part of big things. Okay, this is easy. Everybody wants to be part of the, oh, yes, we did this great thing, and here I get to take a photo. And yes, I was here, and I was helping this, and I was doing that, and it was a big deal. Everybody likes that. It, you know, there's, there's, um, it makes you feel good to be part, of, and so that's great. Be part of the big things. But uh, really... Some very wise things that we can take, that we can grab hold of from God are be reliable in the small things that even nobody knows about, that nobody's ever going to see. 
that's where character is really, really uh, formed. The small things are where our character and our strength are forged. Now, let's uh, do a little thinking here. I want to ask you some questions to think about, okay? Here we go. How do you feel about somebody who is always punctual, usually early, but they're always on time, and you never have to wait on them? I like that person. (laughs) How do you feel about somebody who's always late? It's just always late, and they have excuses usually, but they're just always late. Which one of those people have a stronger character in that area? Which one of those people? How about this one? Somebody who pays attention to you in conversation, and they lean in, and they listen, and listen. They don't interrupt, and they wait till you're through, and rather than just give you their opinion, they'll, they'll ask questions. Well, so what did you mean by that? Help me understand what you're saying by that. That did, do you have that? How do you feel about that kind of person or the person who keeps interrupting you as you're talking because it's real clear they, they really don't want to listen to you. They just want to say what they want to say. Which of those people do you think has the stronger character? Here's one last one. Chad alluded to it. Somebody you can count on to do what they said they would do. How do you feel about that person versus how do you feel about the person who Says they'll do it, but you're not too sure because in the past they've dropped the ball a lot, and so you keep thinking, do I need to text and remind them and risk offending them and all that? Which one of them has the stronger character in that area? So we're saying that the person who is reliable with these day-to-day things is the person that you will trust. You will show favor towards that person. Look what Jesus said about this. Anyone who can be trusted in a little matter can also be trusted in a big matter. So when we're being reliable and trustworthy in smaller things, we are being prepared to handle bigger things. We're prepared, being prepared to handle more things that make a difference. And so if we really get a hold of this, it's really cool because there's such freedom here. All I've got to worry about is doing the things I have, and they may seem small, but I'm going to just do them the best I can and be as reliable as I can And then when it's time, God brings the bigger thing to me. I'm not out looking for it and trying to get everybody's attention. I'm just doing what I should do and letting God bring me that bigger thing. It's kind of like some of our sayings. We have the saying, bloom where you're planted, right? That's the idea that wherever you are, do that and do it well. Now, here's another point that's really important to get a hold of. When you're reliable in small things, people will empower and invest in you. People are looking for people who are reliable, whether it's at work or in friendships, whatever. And when we're reliable like this, others will empower us and they'll invest in us because we've earned their trust by the actions of our character. So being reliable shows good character, and that's based in wise living. All right, so let's look at another way to build character, to live skillfully, and that is be a second miler. Be a second miler. I'm going to explain that. We're about to read some uh, passage of Scripture here. And in it, Jesus is talking about the the state of the, the Jewish people at the time. They were subject to the Romans. The Romans ruled over them. And so... Um, that, that's who he's talking to when he says this, and then we'll explain it a little more. Jesus says, if a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. 
You might have heard the, the phrase this way, go the second mile. That's what we're talking about, be a second miler. And this is where it came from, if you didn't know. It came from the Bible. It came from Jesus. And it, here's what it was. Back then where they were, the, there was a, a law that if a Roman soldier walked up to someone, especially a, a Jewish person, he could order them essentially to carry his stuff for him for a mile. Remember, they didn't have cars. They, you know, they had to walk places. And we, we think, man, I'm, I'm going to get my walking in today. I'm going to park way out in the parking lot, you know, 24 feet from the front door. Whew, I've got some walking in. <laughs> well, these people had to walk everywhere unless they, of course, had a donkey or a horse. But so the, the, the soldier could demand it. You're going to carry this. And you didn't have an option. You had to do it. That, it was like that or die. Well, here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying when that happens to you, carry it two miles. Even in the face of authority taking advantage over you, uh, of you, uh, manipulating and just being mean and whatever they, their problem was, Jesus was saying, forget all that. When they demand this of you, go the, go the extra mile. Say, hey, I got, it. I got another mile. Let's go. See if you can keep up. Let's jog. You know, you're, you're, they're, they're going the extra mile. Uh, the, the, um, there, there's a famous Cowboys quarterback, maybe some of you saw him play, Roger Staubach. He said this, there are no traffic jams on the extra mile. When you start going the extra mile, the, the road kind of opens up. And you got, you got all kinds of options because most people actually determine they're not going to go the second mile. Uh, this is so true in our culture. It's probably true across most of the world that we're... we're we have this thing where I'm just going to do just enough to get by. I'm going to do just the minimum required, and, and that's it. Uh, we do that in everything from work to paying our credit cards to stuff. I'm just going to do the minimum, right? I'm going to do the minimum. The minimum usually ends up costing you more. We even have a, a saying that goes along with this. It goes something like this. Well, it's good enough for government work. Why? Because... Well, they're just going to you know, do as little as possible to get by and make sure they follow the rules, but just barely. Here's what we're saying. Find out what's expected, regardless of who's expecting it. Maybe it's a, somebody you know, being mean, rude, taking advantage, whatever. Find out what's expected and then give more. That's skilled living. That's building character. We have, there's a story in the Bible about this. There's a, a guy named Abraham. You might have, maybe you've heard of him. Uh, I would very much encourage you, this story is going to come out of Genesis 24. Very much encourage you to read this story if you're looking for somewhere to, to read in the Bible today. And um, this guy, Abraham, had a son whose name was Isaac. And Abraham was pretty old. And so he told this guy that worked for him, he said, hey, go find a wife for my son. And that's just the way it worked back then. And so this guy heads out, I and mean, he's going to a whole different land. Like he like, travels a long way to go find a good wife for this guy's son, for, for Isaac. And the, the, the guy goes, and he prays, and he talks to God, and he's, he shows up at this place, and there's a well, and people are getting water for their animals there. And here's what happens. He sees a lady getting water for the animals. And that's where we'll pick this up in Genesis 24, 17. The servant, the guy working for Abraham, ran to meet her and said, please give me a drink of water. Drink, sir, she said. She quickly lowered her jar to, to her hand and gave him a drink. 
and hopefully she washed her hands first. But uh, so when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I'll also keep drawing water for your camels until they've had enough to drink. She's going the extra mile. She didn't even know this guy. So she quickly emptied her jar into the water trough, ran back to the well to draw more water, and drew enough for all his camels. Now, I don't know how many camels this guy had, but think about this for a minute. Camels can drink like 50 gallons of water, okay? It's quite possible, and she had, he had more than one for all his camels. She went and got enough water for all of them. Water's heavy, and it's hot over there where they are, and she did so much extra. Well, the result of it is this. You keep reading the story. Her name happens to be Rebecca, and he does pick her to be Isaac's wife, and he takes her home. She ends up giving birth to two, what we would say, famous sons in the Bible, and out of that, the lineage from those two guys, Jacob and Esau, that impacts the entire world. And this is all becomes part of her, her legacy because she went the extra mile. You know, we might not know at the time, and she probably didn't know at that moment when she's slaving over pouring more water in there for these camels, that God had a plan for it, how important it was, what he was setting her up for. So I want to say something, if, especially if you're in here today and you're, you're uh, single and you're looking for a spouse, well, just go water some camels. I mean, find somebody who has some camels and just get some water for them. Um, go the extra mile. That goes for everybody, single or not. Water people's camels, and opportunities will seek you out when you become a second miler. All right, let's look at one more act of wisdom that can help our character grow stronger and stronger. Be a person of your word. Be a person of your word. Honor your commitments. Finish what you start. Be a person of your word. What we start is good. It's always good to start something, but it's what we finish that really matters, that really counts. So here's a verse from the book of Psalms, and this verse describes the kind of person we're talking about, the person who honors their word. Look at this verse with me. They make firm commitments and follow through even at great cost. So the first part's pretty clear. They make firm commitments and follow through, so that's good. They keep their word. But here, even at great cost, adds a, a whole other dimension to it. I think the idea is something like this. Let's say Bob asks Joe to do something, and Joe says, okay, sure, I got you. But then Joe begins to look into it, and he realizes this thing's going to take five times more time and effort to get done for my friend. And so now Joe has a choice. He could go to the friend and say, you know what, I know I said I would do that, but it's turned into a huge thing, and, and I just can't do it for you. He might be really saying, I don't want to do all that extra work. Or his other choice is this. He could talk to himself and say, whoa, I had no idea there was so much involved in this. I better get busy now and figure this thing out so I can do what I said I would do. That's a person who keeps their word even at great cost, even if it hurts, so to speak. Now, there's something else about a person who keeps their promises. A person who keeps their promises doesn't hedge their words. They don't say things like this. Okay, you need me to be there. Well, I'll make it if nothing comes up. <laughs> or, 
you need me to do that? Okay, well, I, I, I think I can get that done. They, they hedge their words. It's like they give themselves a, a, a way out. They give themselves an excuse up front to not do what they should do. So instead of making a firm commitment, they're hedging and bringing in all kind of other verbiage. Instead of just saying, yep, I'll do it. I'll be there. I got that. They don't hedge their words. So how do you feel like when somebody fails to keep their word to you? They say they're going to do something, but they just don't. How do you feel about somebody who says they'll do something and does it? They come through and keep their word. Well, that's, that's the kind of people we want to become. That's a person of strong character. So those are examples of wise behaviors that reflect strong character. Here's our summary statement for the morning. Today's wisdom is this. Living wisely develops strong character. When we live wisely, we become stronger individuals. Our character becomes more and more mature. All right, we're about to be dismissed. Uh, as we're about to head out this morning, I want to remind you we have prayer teams who will be up here to the right and left of the stage. They'd love to pray with you about anything on your heart. And also, remember to give today. You can give at the boxes there or on the app or online. So y'all stand. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for each and every person that's in here today. And God, we want to live wisely. We want to live skillfully. We, we hear you when you say wisdom is supreme, so get hold of it, so get it. And we pray that this week you show us areas of our life where we can apply what you've said this morning. Show us what you think about our character. We do pray that you show each and every one of us areas in our life where, where, we, where we have good character, where, where we're going, we've done it well, and encourage us to keep doing so. And show us areas where we might be falling short, where we've done some of the, the, uh, the, the negative sides that we talked about today, and help us to flip those over and begin to, to be people that are reliable, people that are going to go the second mile, people that are going to keep their word and and follow through. Lord, we want to be people like that. So we pray that you even give us opportunities to do that this week. Pray that as we, we go from today and, and go through our week, that you lead us and that you guide us. Holy Spirit, we pray that you take us where you want us to go. And I pray that everyone here is blessed today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.